we're recording on the 19th. It's a Wednesday of October, and we have a very special podcast here, a reactions podcast to the Padres playoffs. It's been about two weeks. I've been very busy. I assume you've been very busy as well, Omar. But we've been paying attention, of course, to the Padres and how they're doing on this historic run, winning their first playoff games at home in Petco Park in front of fans. Um, their first their first home games won in front of fans since 1998. How are you feeling about the Padres, Omar? My expectations are like they're past the roof. They're so like we've, we've gone <laughs> past the sky. Mm-hmm. I think they're in space. They're probably it's probably orbiting Jupiter right now. You know, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, bro. <laughs> it's so crazy how much difference a year makes. Um, you know, and how optimistic everybody is right now. How crazy it is seeing Petco Park just, just being you know lit up and going crazy with all the fl- the flags. People are commenting in the Reddit thread. I was I was checking it while at work today. That San Diegans don't know how to wave a flag, and I'm like in my head they haven't waved a flag, you know, in the crowd since like again 1998. <laughs> so give give these people some time to figure it out. But the uh, the crowd, especially during the Dodgers series, was just going crazy. Uh, we'll have some more comments on that series, but I wanted to know how you feel about the Phillies series right now. Uh, today, just um, I know everybody's, you know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you've already watched it. The Padres, Snell started off a little bit behind. He had a rough second inning. They gave up four runs, but they were all like singles, weird bloop hits. Soto missed the ball in the sun. And that's another, you know, another discussion for another time, perhaps, with day games in the NLCS. But then the Padres fought back. They got two homers. And then they had an onslaught of uh, hits in the fifth inning to get five more runs to go ahead. Manny had a homer to make it eight to four at the time. And they finished eight to five. I totally forgot today was a day game. Honestly, it's just like it's just weird. It's like NLCS. Oh, you know, game at like what 1 p.m. <laughs> I, I wait, no, I think I literally started. It was a it was a 1:30 start. Yeah, yeah. I had class in the middle of that game. <laughs> uh, uh, I caught the last two innings, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, after like once my class ended, I caught the last two innings, and you know, sound very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Hader was a man on a mission. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he, he's, he's been amazing, uh, in this playoffs so far. He's been amazing. I, I don't know how many saves does he have? That counts as an official save. He had one against the Mets, three uh-huh. against the Dodgers and one. I feel like he has three five. against the Dodgers. Yeah. He has had five now. Wow. It's just so amazing. Uh, you know, how, how stable the bullpen has been this whole playoff runs so far the Padres of course had trouble in game one against the Phillies in hitting and they only got one hit and it was so weird I was watching the the game I got to see the whole game of game one which uh, (laughs) was not not a good thing in retrospect the team looked kind of like disjointed and kind of they lacked energy it was almost like the high from the Dodgers series uh, you know, being an armchair psychologist here that has no idea of the clubhouse at all, it seemed like the high of the Dodgers series, they crashed here game one. 
they didn't have any real fight to it. I remember watching Manny out there, and he was just kind of like sulking a little bit, shaking his head. It was weird and completely different to how they approach today. Even down by, you know, four runs, the team was like freaking out as soon as uh, they got a home run in there. I can't remember which one was first, Drury or Bell, um, but they both got back-to-back homers off of Nola. We got to see some Nola on Nola crime today, and they kept panning to the uh, the mom and dad, and the dad looked so disappointed. <laughs> Every time those brothers face off, just like Aaron Nola just has a bad time. <laughs> it's crazy. Um I I got a little bit of sweat. You said you you watched the very end there. Did you get a little bit of sweat when you were seeing um you know Robert Suarez give up that homer and the Phillies got within three? I saw that. I was a bit worried, but also just like okay, just like you know we can't be completely invincible, and you know Robert Suarez has been dealing. Like that's another thing. You know it was it's not just been mm-hmm. a hater. It's been Suarez. It's been everyone else in the bullpen that I've been dealing. So I wasn't too worried, honestly. Like, what, once I knew Hater was coming in, it was like, it was done, you know? And plus, we had just gotten a run by Manny earlier. So, you know, we were the insurance. Anyway. Yeah. I was worried uh, just for a beat or two. And, and then they got, because they got a hit right after, too, I believe. It was a homer. And then there was a guy in first base. And then uh, they got the double play off of Harper, I believe. And it was a weird, like, shifting double play because Manny was playing shortstop and there was nobody on third base. They were pulling it to the right there. And then I then I was able to sigh in relief. And, uh, yeah, Hater has not had any sort of... He's not caused any anxiety. And that that's great to see. Um, the Padres have been amazing. They've uh, exceeded all of our expectations, like you were saying just to get to the NLCS. But man, they're playing the Phillies, and no offense to the Phillies, they're at least where we started and finished, they're on our level. So it's, you know, it's doable. And I think the Padres, you know, we would have really liked to see them win both games at home. It didn't happen, but they still have a very good chance here to make the freaking, you know, World Series, man. <laughs> Fucking pumped. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what what were what were our predictions at the start of the season again? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, uh, they definitely. I have them written down. <laughs> do, oh, do, yeah. you rem- do you remember our playoff ones at the very least? I I have uh I have everything written down. Let me see if I got it. Uh, let me see if I can bring that up. We'll have to make a a final bet tally after. Oh God, <laughs> I I'm seeing I'm seeing some of these here. Um, for the long term, I I definitely I remember there's a Phillies one, definitely. I I am one. I am uh I was zero for three here. Uh, well, actually, there were four questions. I can't remember how many no hitters there were. I I said I said there would be four no hitters for the total of the season, no more than four. And you said, um, there would be more than four. Yes. Thank then, you. I think I got that one right. Right. Yeah, I think so, which I'm sad because that was the one but I was doing last year. <laughs> get ready for me to just whiff on all three of these next ones. Oof. We said Blue Jays, White Sox. Who has the best, the better rest of the year? Uh, you said Blue Jays. Okay. And I said White Sox. 
The White Sox, of course, missed the playoffs. The Blue Jays did make it. They did uh, have a much better season than the White Sox. Uh, Angels and Phillies both fired their manager. And we asked, who has the better year? You said (laughs) Phillies. And I said Angels. Oh, dang. Bruh, I I am a visionary, apparently. (laughs) And here's the last one. This one, I'm going to say, with the caveat that I said it, when when we voted on it, I uh, I said I did not want it to be true. Uh, I asked you if the Mariners make the playoffs. You said yes, of course, and I yeah. said no, because I uh, I wanted it to, to I wanted backfire. to make the Mariners. Yeah, yeah, I wanted it to backfire. I wanted to, I wanted that one to be wrong. I'll admit, I wanted the Mariners to make the playoffs, but I said they wouldn't uh, because of the years and years of history in front of me. So uh, that would mean that I was uh, over in all of those. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, I can't remember. I, I might have it written down somewhere else for our specific playoff predictions. But I know for certain we didn't have the Phillies beating the Braves um, and, and making it to the NLCS. Uh, we didn't have the Phillies beating the Cardinals even. I, I would have picked the Cardinals. We were talking about Devil Magic. And the Cardinals yeah. beating, beating everybody, you know, Pujols and what was it? Game one of that three-game series against the Phillies, they were playing in, uh, you know, the Cardinals yeah. Stadium, yep. and it was the ninth inning. The Cardinals had a lead; they had never lost a game when leading in the ninth inning, right? Something was, like that. They, ha- they hadn't lost a game, a playoff game. While yes, leading by two game. runs in the eighth inning. I think that was a qualifier. Eight, eighth inning or later. So there was literally everything stacked against them. Phillies came back and won it. Uh, killed the devil magic of the um, Cardinals and seemed to have assumed it themselves in yeah. beating the Braves. I'll admit I had no... I paid no attention to the Phillies and Braves. I assumed the Braves would win. They didn't win. That's confusing. Phillies took took care of them just a weird just a weird thing to me that the padres and phillies are in the nlcs weird in a great way of course <laughs> uh, i don't know if, i don't know if you remember this is the first mm-hmm. time in mlb history that two wildcard teams are facing off in the championship series two under 90 win teams and of course two wildcard teams and that's also because previously in the other um playoff format it would have been impossible, right? Because you had the, when it was only five, the four or five would play in that one game playoff. And then the uh, winner of that would still end up playing in the NLDS. So it was impossible before this year mm-hmm. to get a uh, wildcard team, unless you're well, counting uh, 20. Yeah. Uh, with say, the, and some of the odd years that have had different playoff formats. But it's very, you know, this is one of the first real chances. And. I think it's great for baseball, for both the Padres and the Phillies, who are two teams that have not been in this position. The Phillies, you know, I think it was like a decade since they'd made the playoffs, not quite as long since the Padres, of course, excluding that short season. They made the World Series, I believe, 2010, 2009 and 10. They made it two years in a row, 1-1. But it's been a little while since they've been on this high of a you know, platform as well, and it's good for baseball. I think in the American League, uh, things are 
a little bit more predictable. They <laughs> and you know, I like I like this side better right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly, yeah, no, uh, both one in the one and two seed, I believe, are in this ALCS. So you know, yeah. very different stories. Yeah, going back to the Dodgers series, Petco Park was quite a bit louder for the Dodgers series. It's hard to compare playing the Dodgers in a elimination game crowd versus playing on a Wednesday afternoon crowd. <laughs> but it, it was definitely louder and people were going crazy. It was it was really great to see. Um the series of the five threes, as it might be called later by historians as three of the games ended five to three. <laughs> with the Padres, of course, losing the first game and then going on uh, to win the next three after that. How did you feel about the Dodgers series, Omar? Any anything to take away from that besides what um, you know the obvious? <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like going into that series, I was very nervous because, mm-hmm. like, you know, they handed our asses for like the whole year, and yeah. they, you know they had home advantage too and everything. And like, even though like we just came off that Mets series, which was very good for us, it was still like, you know, can we slay the dragon sort of mentality? Uh, and I, I know Dodger fans too were also nervous because like mm-hmm. the pressure was on them to like, you know, oh, we own this team the whole year. So if we don't own them, we are the laughing stock of the league. And well, obviously, you know, you saw what happened. <laughs> the uh, The big thing for me for that one was definitely game two when the Padres uh, tied it up in L.A. there. Um, Because, you know, they had to take a game in Dodger Stadium to win the series. And that was the one that, like, you compare it to the 20 series where they they got swept, and I think it was game two where the Padres, like, had the winning run at bat, and they needed to win that one, but of course they didn't. And they ended up getting swept 3-0. But the Padres, um, you know, that was back and forth. And then, you know, they they ended up winning it. And really, that was like the first game that really solidified. um, The Padres had really good pitching, really good bullpen in that game. Game one was a little bit all over the place because you had Clevenger going after the, uh, the Mets series. Because of the Mets series, of course, we needed our three big guns to go. And after that, the Padres looked really dialed in. And it it was crazy because the Padres looked a lot more focused and a lot more excited to play than the Dodgers. You're you're definitely onto something that the Dodgers had a lot more like pressure on them, which is weird because the whole season the Padres played with pressure on them against the Dodgers. It's like it's like they completely flipped, you know? Indeed, yeah. I just thought it was I thought it was really cool. To see the Padres finally beat the Dodgers, finally, you know, conquer them. One last thing while I have like the train of thought, I did um get a chance to listen to some of the game today from the actual broadcast, uh, the later innings as well. And it was weird because they were actually talking about the Padres and just talking about the Padres. And it was so weird because during the Mets series, they only talked about the Mets pretty much. During the Dodgers series, they only talked about the Dodgers pretty much. And then during this series, obviously it's a Padres home game, 
but like Schmoltz and the other Fox guy, I don't know who the other anchor is. Um, that Davis, okay. Um, they were they were mostly talking about the Padres, and that was a weird thing for me to hear. Um, I imagine when they go to Philadelphia, they'll be talking a lot more about the Phillies. I, I hope it evens out, but that's that's just the weird thing. <laughs> yeah, we had to win so much that you know they finally got to talk about us. <laughs> they finally are talking uh, about. Padres. I know sub the subreddit and Twitter were all been flames <laughs> about how the announcers just did not care about them. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just always funny like you know it's national tv you know and everybody hates national tv i mean even like the teams yeah. they talk about like the mets the dodgers the yankees or whatever they probably hate national tv as much as we do so you know it's just a facet of the game it it kind of sucks that at least in like i understand the world series being on national tv like having the national mm-hmm. tv announcers but for yeah. the at the very least like having the playoff games not have like the home announcers and stuff it sucks a little, but I, but you know, I understand it. So, it, you, you do what you can do, I guess. That's where that's where they make their money. So you can't really get around it, unfortunately. Um, but I, I definitely agree, and I think it's been crazy to see the. Well, it's been crazy is probably not the right word. It's been great to see the Mud and Don watch, as people are like posting pictures with them at the games and stuff, and they're just like acting as fans right now, going to all the Padre games. And that's that's very wholesome, you know. <laughs> Speaking of uh, appearances, I don't yeah. know if you saw, but uh, uh, Jake Peavy, uh, mm. the last Padre to win the Cy Young Award, uh, threw the first pitch on Game Four of the Dodgers series, which was, of course, the game Joe Musgrove pitched. You know? Yes, I heard about that. And uh, Musgrove, of course, um, wears number forty-four, I believe, out of uh, respect for Jake Peavy. Because mm-hmm. I think PV had the same number when he was a player, and so, yeah, uh, you know just, that's a cool story. Yeah. yeah, he was even wearing like you know uh, the uh, they released some merch of like let's mm-hmm. fucking go San Diego. He was wearing like a shirt of that and stuff. And I think when he when he came out to pitch, he was wearing a Musgrove derby. So mm. you know that's pretty dope. Yeah, you bring up you just triggered a thought. What Grisham Trent Grisham. What what the fuck has happened with Trent Grisham in the Dodgers series? What what the hell is this man? He he, he remembered he could ball, and balled he did. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no he he has like I remember I was watching mm-hmm. the Mets the first game of the Mets series. I was I was at school. I was watching it there, and mm-hmm. uh, I just saw him launch that homer, and it like I was like holy, he smoked that. You know, I think I sent it to you. Like that would have been home run. That home run would have been out in every single stadium. You know, he smoked that. So it was really cool to see him like really be on the best form of his life since the beginning of the playoffs. It it does show a lot of props for Melvin, where like literally every everybody, including us, every every single person that wants to talk at all publicly about the Padres has said. Over the course of the season, why why is Grisham still in the lineup? Why is he still on this team? You know what's going on? He's hitting less than 200 over the course of the season, and then, you know, maybe Bob Melvin is smirking internally as Trent Grisham destroys the Mets and does pretty well against the Dodgers as well. And then I think, um, you know, AJ Preller might be smirking tonight because they were talking about it. The the big hits 
in today's game were guys that you know Preller went out and got at the trade deadline. You had a uh, Drury and Bell with homers, and I think Drury had another hit as well. You had, of course, Soto. I think it was the tying runs to tie the game at four. He he uh, got a double there. Um, and of course, you've had Hader, who has closed us out so many times already in the playoffs. And all those moves, you know, were slow starts, but they've all paid off here just by the second game of this playoff series. Yeah, uh, Preller was definitely playing the long game. You know, I know like there was a lot of talk about how those, a lot of those guys were kind of like not doing well at the start. You know, obviously mm-hmm. all, the beginning of August was kind of rough, but then, you know, mm-hmm. as we got into September, they started paying off and now, you know, look where we're at. Uh, definitely like, you know, definitely some good moves from the front office there. I really feel like everybody from the Padres lineup has had a big moment in the playoffs so far. Like, I remember Cronenworth, I was watching him because he had a really bad series against the Mets. Like, he didn't do anything in gown base. His defense was, was fine, of course. But then he, he came up big against the Dodgers uh, a few times. And, you know, so, like, the bats that weren't hitting against the Mets hit against the Dodgers. And so it's like cycling, where, of course, Soto got some hits today and you know i i think it's great the team seems to be kind of coming together um at the right moment the strength is definitely the starting three and the bullpen and the hitting definitely seems to be very like dependent on little bursts of big innings (laughs) yeah clearly Uh, not that that's bad but you know like we've definitely like the past two games we won you know, coming back from like big deficits to be able to win it, like that's been very good. It's definitely one of the cherry pick stats out there, but they were talking about it too on the broadcast that all of the Padres runs over like the Dodger game, the previous Dodger game, and then this game, uh, most of the runs have come in like very two or three specific innings where they're coming in chunks. So you have you know, the majority innings where the Padres aren't hitting anything at all, and then they just have a big rally. Um, that does kind of bring me to looking ahead. We're recording this again on Friday. I'll try to make sure I get this posted. Uh, excuse me. We're recording this on Wednesday. I'll try to make sure I get this posted by Friday because that is the next Padres game. The Padres have to play three in Philadelphia. There will be at least three more Padres games for this season. Um, in my opinion, whoever wins this short three-game road series will win the overall series. If the Padres can win two out of three in Philadelphia, for instance, they would set themselves up for games six and seven back at Petco, where they would just need to win one out of two. And of course, vice versa for the Phillies. And if either team wins all three, that would end the series. The Padres will have Musgrove on Friday versus Ranger Suarez. No relation to Robert Suarez in Game 3. I wanted to pose a question to you. What do the Padres do for Game 4 on Saturday? You could possibly go with you Darvish on four days rest. You could go with Clevenger for Game 4. Maybe you could go with Manea. He is on the roster. Maybe Martinez in like a bullpen game. What do you think? 
I kind of just want to throw out the bullpen one right away because, like, I know like the bullpen has been nails, but like uh-huh. I feel like trying to throw them something like that would definitely not be in our best interest in the long term. You know, like uh-huh. you've seen it. Like I know a lot of people have been shitting on uh Dave Roberts and you know his very uh, notorious use of the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, in the in uh, the playoffs. Uh, so I don't think bullpen game should be the move. Um, I'm torn on. I think Clevercher could do fine. I think uh-huh. Manea could do fine. You, I like. I know, like people like to put you in that spot, but also it's just like a wonder. It's like what we can either put him there or we can put him in his normal spot. You know? Yeah. So it's just a matter of like. I think it depends if we win game three, but also depends like, you know, if we absolutely need that, you know, like if we want, if it's either like we want, if we win game three and we want to put, try putting the nail in the coffin or if we lose game three and like we need to pull one back so we can guarantee a game at San, in San Diego at the very least, you know? So um, I say... I say gun to my head. I say go with Clevenger in game four. I think you make a very good point um, with it being dependent on how game three goes. Because if you win on game three with Musgrove, then you, I think, can go ahead and confidently put in Clevenger or Manea. And you could even lose that game because then you would have five, six, and seven potentially of Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove again on regular rest. Now, if you lose that game three, like you said, there will be people who want to put you uh, Darvish in there because if you lose game three and then you lose game four, the series might as well be almost over, you know, and it would be very tough even though you have five, six, seven with your, your big pitchers out there. I do think with the way the team has been constructed and the way Melvin likes to use guys. I'm not sure how much, um, how much of a choice Melvin has in choosing the starter. Um, is that on Niebla as well? Is that on the individual pitchers? Like, I don't know that whole process there, but I feel like they would go to Clevenger. They would go to Sean Manet and they would say, Hey, are you guys good to go? And if one of those guys gives the thumb up, thumbs up, they're going to go with them in game four with full confidence. Because I feel like Melvin, even if a guy has a bad outing the you know previous time, they're not going to lose confidence in them to a fault. That seems like what his outlook is as a manager. So I do feel like they would probably go with Clevenger, and that's probably the decision they'll make. I agree with you. Also, like Manea hasn't pitched in a while. So not sure how likely he, you know, that would work out. While Clevenger pitched Game One of the Dodgers series, so you know, he would at least have like some, like he wouldn't be rusty, you know. So Clevenger looked really rusty though, um, in that game. If that means anything, um, yeah, yes, I, I was, like, I was now he wouldn't be, you know. Yeah, I, I was checking the roster just in case because I wasn't even sure if Manet was on the roster. For the NLCS, and he is. So that's what gave me any sort of suspicion that they might use him as like a sort of extra bullet sort of thing. I, I'm not certain about it, of course. We're, we're just fans at the end of the day, and it 
it is a good problem to have picking your starters for you know the NLCS and let's see how it goes of course I think the Padres do have a good chance because the Phillies are supposed to have what two or three good starters as well I think they'll have similar problems at the end of their rotation the Padres bullpen is supposed to be a little bit better so I think we have a really good chance here you know any last comments, Omar, about the Padres against the Phillies, Padres in general, or about the rest of the MLB playoffs? I'm hoping very much so that the Padres do well. I would like, I would love to win, but like just mm-hmm. the fact that we're here is just like very good, you know. <laughs> like, knock on wood, we win. But even if we lose, knock on wood, like, yeah. It's like I feel like you know we did we did our very best, you know. Like kudos to Phillies, like whether they you know win or lose, like they're definitely putting up a fight, and they absolutely deserve to be here as well. Regarding the ALCS, I very much hope. Uh, I do not like the Yankees, but I hope they win because I do not want to face the Astros. Ooh, so you think the Yankees are a better matchup for the Padres than the Astros? Yes. Well, I know there will be a contingent of Padres fans. They would absolutely hate playing the Yankees because they'll say it's 1998 all over again. Indeed. And then there will also be people saying, this is our time to get revenge for 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have one a-hole question here um, that I probably shouldn't be asking, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think this team would be in this position right now if Fernando Tatis Jr. had not been suspended? Ooh, that's interesting. That is actually interesting. Because, like, uh-huh. it would have been great to have Tatis, obviously. Yeah. You know, like, like say what you will about, like, what he did. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he hit 40 home runs last year. Uh, he was an amazing player. He was an MVP candidate player last year. Yes. So, I think he would have added a lot to this roster, but at the same time, Losing him lit a fire up our asses that got us here in the first place, you know? It's one of the... What was the question again? (laughs) I said, would the team be here if Fernando Tatis Jr. had not been suspended? Man, I'm torn. (laughs) You know what? You know what? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I feel like his suspension, you know lit a fire up our asses and we're here now despite that i i think that's a good take i'm gonna agree with it because like to your to what you're saying like that that whole thing uh the whole way the padres played in september as a collective effort might not have happened and the way they beat the mets and dodgers might not have happened the same way as you know if tatis was there some people have been saying that maybe having Tatis there almost makes the other players feel less pressure to perform, whereas now it's like everybody needs to help. Everybody needs to pitch in sort of thing. Like an attitude difference, not an attitude like, oh, Tatis has an attitude problem, but just a difference in how the teams come together here. At the same time, I will say the Padres, I'm sure, would love to have Tatis you know, on the bench as a guy they could pinch hit in the NLCS or in the World Series if they get there. That's not the question at hand. Does does Tatis make the team more talented? Of course. But I think you're right on the whole 
the team has come together, the team has gotten hot, and it's hard to say if they would have done that in the same way if uh, Tatis was back and things had been different, because you never know. But uh, uh, Before we mm -hmm. finish, I have, I have one question for you, because I've been seeing that okay. from our team. Um, yeah. If the Padres win the World mm -hmm. Series, should mm. Tatis get a ring? Ooh, okay. I was gonna like my first thought is obviously he should get a ring, but then the the thing is he hasn't played a single minute of MLB Padres baseball. Mm -hmm. He played like minor league baseball for like a, a few days, right? Like a yes. week or so yes. before uh, before he got officially suspended. It's one of those things where I think the team will end up kind of having to give him the ring because he's on the roster. And I think guys who are injured would get the roster, but I'm not would get the ring, but I'm not sure about guys who are suspended if they have an obligation. I would almost want the Padres not to give him a ring to incentivize him to to go get it another time. <laughs> do you do you know if uh, there's been any in like suspended players that have gotten rings? Do you have any not that idea I'm on that? aware of personally? Hmm. Um well, I don't know if a player's ever been suspended on a winning team. You, you know, like that's probably yeah, that's a winning a, team. Like that's a weird if, coincidence. If the Dodgers yeah. had won last year, then you know Trevor Bauer might have like you may you you would have made a case that he should have got a ring. Yeah, you know? but he actually played during the season too before yeah, he got suspended. That's what I mean. Yeah, I yeah. think the I it I don't know if it's an MLB thing that decides or if a team thing, but like I'm pretty sure most teams usually say like, oh, they need to have been like on the, the MLB roster and have played games in order to qualify a ring, you know? So, like, if we win a ring, Robinson Cano might get a ring. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I do... I feel like he shouldn't get a ring because that would incentivize him to get one. You know? I agree with that take, yeah. I I think somehow he'll end up getting a ring if that was the case. I think it's a um, I bad think... look if he gets a ring, personally. Just as no, like, I, oh. I certainly I agree with you completely. I feel like for some reason he'll just they'll just end up giving it to him because he was on the roster. I I don't know. I I don't know the whole the the entirety of that. I I did think it was to players who were injured as well. I'm not hundred percent sure. Hmm. Um, so it's a weird case with him. I'm not sure if it's ever happened yeah. in modern MLB history. Yeah, for... But in any case, that would be a really good problem to have if we're questioning <laughs> that. <laughs> I I hope the Padres, you know, like I said, they need to win two out of three at least in Philadelphia and give us a chance to talk about the Padres playing again in Petco. If they want to win all three, that's fine too. <laughs> and make it to the World Series that way, that's fine. I think they have a very good chance here. It would have been slightly better if they had you know, won both at home, but you know, we're here and let's get some wins in Philly. Go Padres. Uh, let's fucking go San Diego. This is the Faraway Friars special playoff podcast. I want to thank anybody listening to us here and I hope we get another uh, playoff podcast out for you guys uh, if there's uh, another round to talk about. <laughs>